Hi, my name's Amanda Trout and welcome to Reality Arts Podcast. Each week I will bring you a different insight and inspiration about art, creativity and arts in health. Join me as we step out of our comfort zones, unwrap those hidden gems and move forward in our creative purpose. You're listening to Reality Arts, helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents. Well, hello and welcome to the bonus Stepping Out Challenge. Today is day 11 and I'm going to be discussing and sharing tips for carers. If you go onto my blog, I'm doing a 31 day blog challenge for the month of October. And I thought it would be a nice special treat for those of you who listen to my podcast to have an additional bonus for October where you will also be getting an additional um blog or podcast post. So today, as I said, I'm going to be talking about tips for carers. And I started the tips for carers series as part of another challenge. And I wanted to document some of the things that I had found helpful for me as a carer. They were practical things that when you're in the midst of the situation, you had something in your toolkit that you could use. And for me, um, I guess my journey has been very much that, that as you go along life's journey, you pick up tools and supplies and hints and tips that you're then able to use in different situations. And it's about getting to know what your tools, how you use them, and and then putting them to use. But during the early days of being a carer, I was determined to do everything myself. And I felt I was going to be the one to get mum better. I didn't understand that the disease, as it progressed, mum's ability to do things for herself will decrease. I also didn't want to ask for help or assistance because I felt that if I showed any weakness, I would be judged by others and then mum would be taken away from us. And it's interesting that as a grown woman that I felt that my power base was conditional with others having the power to step in and make decisions that could affect me and my mother. And at the end of the day, they have. And they could have said, well, you know, we're making these decisions in her best interest. And we've all heard cases where decisions were made based on a 30 minute discussion that might have happened because the person didn't feel like talking and then five people just looking at a few notes came comes to the decision that the person should be institutionalized and I knew that social workers who because it's a social it's not it wasn't seen dementia is not seen well it wasn't seen as a um a health um situation it was seen as a social care situation and so it was the social workers that got involved and not necessarily not the hospitals I mean you would go to a um a hospital to check on your to do the memory test or to get your eyes checked these were seen as you know health conditions or your hearing or diabetes or but dementia was seen as well you can no longer function 
in a social situation. So it's the social workers that will decide on, you know, what kind of help you would need. Do you need somebody coming in? Um, and, and that's how it was. Um, I know mum was an adult, but she was increasingly becoming unable to look after herself. And I was once told by a member of staff that one of the ways that I could receive additional help would be to say that I was either unable to cope and or I wouldn't be willing to take care of my mum anymore and if I'd said these things she would gain additional points on the form that was being completed and she would then get additional help but for me the line was too fine and I just couldn't make that statement and I asked her why there just couldn't be the offer of help and she said on the face of it it seems that well you're coping you know, you've told me you've got these schedules and you're th- the three of you in terms of siblings, you know, rotate and schedule and look after. But a lot of people don't have that. And at the end of the day, the one who shouts the loudest gets the help the quickest. So whilst my acting skills could have got me an award, it didn't get me necessarily the additional help that we needed in t- at that particular time. You know, it's just like you having to jump through hoops and, you know, be at the end of your rope and your tether before somebody would be willing to say, okay, well, okay, we'll give you this. So I soldiered on and I tried to be there for everyone and put myself to the side. I became emotionally drained and I had a lot to deal with. As time went on, we had to call the social workers in. We couldn't do it on our own. We needed help and we needed to ask. And it was my sister who prompted it and said, you know, look, we're just going to have to ring them. And in they came and my fears were subdued at that time. I mean, I did meet some social workers that left a lot to be desired. On the whole, a lot of them were really good and really helpful but there was one particular who actually tried to overturn all the help over a three-year period that we had received and had put in place for mum. And that was a battle and a half, and I was prepared for it when the time came. So as time went on, I got involved with a range of carers groups, and I found that sharing my story actually helped with the feeling of isolation. I didn't always want to go to these groups, but I realised that it helped my own health when I gave myself a break. And when I was able to actually say to somebody, do you know what? At times I really don't feel like caring for my mother. I really don't want to be a carer. I mean, I love my mum and I'll always be there for her, but at times I don't want to do this. And it was all right. It was all right to admit how you felt. And it was in admitting how you felt that the breakthroughs came and the understanding came and um you know you were able to then move on because you weren't just holding it in but you were saying this is how I feel and people actually heard you and not just said well do you know what you just had to put up and shut up um and so one of the key things you have to understand that asking for help 
is not a sign of weakness or failure. And the more that you try and carry the weight of the world on, on your own is the more you put the life of the person that you're caring for in jeopardy. I mean, what would happen to them if you're taken ill or another crisis comes up? You leave yourself without a network that you can call on and you leave them in a vulnerable position. Another useful key would be to learn how to step back and see your situation and your circumstance. When I looked after mum, I started to think that I had to occupy every waking moment and I really stressed myself out. I realised that maybe there were times that she would just like to sit and relax, say listen to music or watch the TV or just to sit down and have a chat or have a book read to her, you know, and that that was enough. I didn't have to be all singing and dancing and I could take a breather every now and then. It's important to think about where you fit in in all of this. What are your needs? And doing these tips address some of these points. The more organized you are, the more flexibility you will have. And as I said earlier, if you have someone you can call on that can step in for an hour or two, that would really help. We signed mum up for a daycare center and it was one of the best things that happened. Initially, it was a two-day week between nine and four. And then we were luckily, lucky enough to have it extended for five days a week. And this made a big difference, not only to her health and well-being. For her, she felt she was going out to work and she was part of the staff. And she'd often complain that she didn't think that they were paying her because they never asked her what, what her bank details were and where they should send her money. Um, but I assured her that she was truly valued by those she worked with. And that seemed to kind of, you know, give her what she needed at the time. So if you can put in place a support network, you also have to learn to savour the time that you have when you can get a break and do something for yourself. So these tips included making long-term plans and looking at ways in which you can get the maximum out of your day-to-day. And if you look in the profile, I'll be leaving the link to all of the tips for the 31 days. As an artist, one thing I relied on heavily was my creativity and I got my art journal and I did something every day. I didn't have the capacity to sit down for hours, but I gave myself a minimum of 20 minutes. And when mum was having her rest, I would get out my art supplies or I'd get her to do some art alongside me. And she would, you know, do some coloring or some drawing. During the rough times, where it felt like mum wouldn't do what I needed her to do, such as get ready for the doctors, I would step away from the situation and take five minutes out. And the exercise gets you to go to an imaginary place, take deep breaths and surround yourself with light. It only takes five minutes, but when you're finished, you feel refreshed. I'd then go back into the situation and say to mum, okay, mum, are you ready to get, you know, are you ready? Do you want to, let's get ready to go to the doctors? And she'd say, okay, then. And it would be like just me stepping away and her having that breather enabled us both to just unwind and start again. 
So if you're a carer, what would be your five top tips? I always say that you never really understand what it takes to be a carer until you're in it yourself. How have you utilized the help that you may have had within your community? Do you have any social help at all? And when you think back over your situation, what would you do differently? So tomorrow I'm going to be sharing the second part from my tips for carers. And I hope that during this month you find some time to not only challenge yourself, be creative and stretch yourself out of your comfort zone. So join me for the rest of October as we dive into some more exciting challenges and look at ways in which they can impact on your own life. So I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Take care for now. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. You can check me out on my blog or YouTube channel for more creative insights, videos and reviews. Stay blessed and be a blessing.